Firstly, um, excuse my voice. I haven't been well for a couple of days, so uh, I, I'm not probably projecting as I normally would, uh, which might actually be a good thing. I wanted to talk about a recent support experience I had with ASUS. Um, ASUS, I'm not sure. Let's go with ASUS. My daughter's Chromebook broke. It, it basically wouldn't turn on, no matter what we did. Uh, there was no reason for it, but it, when I looked online, it seemed to be quite a, a common problem, shall we say. So, I bought it from Amazon and I had a check. I bought it last November. It was a Christmas present for her. And Amazon were very nice, but they did explain that it was outside of the uh, return period and that I should contact Asus. Uh, and they did also diary it so that two days later they would get hold of me to see how I was getting on and that if I was having any issues they would help to resolve it. So I called Asus the next day and uh, admittedly the lady I spoke to um, didn't sound particularly happy in her work Uh she sounded downright miserable, to be honest, but she took all the details and she explained that uh, the Chromebook would be picked up the next day. And it duly was. Uh, it, it was an interesting experience because I, I suspect I've been programmed by the ultra uh, polite and almost fawning chat messages you you get from Amazon when you uh, speak to them presumably uh, in India from what I can gather and also from Apple the um, the support is is often very very good uh, over text or the phone but as a typical Brit I uh, I bristle slightly at, at the uh, I don't know trying too hard nature of it shall we say Anyway, I sent the Chromebook off and then there proceeded to be a selection of emails received, literally, I don't know, four to six a day, telling me every little stage the Chromebook was going through. It's been received, it's now being looked at, we've now ordered the parts, we've now got the parts in, the parts are now being fitted, it's now being put tested, it's now being put back into a box. And it's going to be sent back to the courier and it will be delivered back to you. That's fine. 38 emails I received. I just counted them. Um, and then it was returned. And I think all in all it took about a week for a repair. And it was a repair. It was the original Chromebook we got back. Um, I could tell because obviously as with any computer, uh, small marks will appear. Actually, not all. I must admit, my my uh, MacBook Air is a year and a half old now, and there's not a mark on it. But maybe that's just me. Anyway, so, so we got the computer back, and it's working fine. And uh, Alice is happy with it. What struck me though was how overall disappointed I was with it. Arguably, there was nothing wrong with how Asus dealt with it. 
the first lady could have been a bit happier, but hey, you know, I can hardly criticise people for not sounding happy. Um, and all the emails, you know, okay, maybe a touch annoying, but I always knew what was happening. But I'll tell you what annoyed me, and it really is a first world precious thing, is the fact that I had to wait for someone to come. I had to give them the Chromebook. They take it away. It takes a week. I, I, I had to be here when they re-delivered it. Um, I found that really, uh, I don't know, quite annoying. And I think it's because I'm so used to the Amazon slash Apple experience. Two companies that obviously uh, are making an awful lot of money that obviously at corporate levels uh, you, you maybe wouldn't want to work for them but the reality is that as a customer um, you get used to a certain way with Apple that there is an argument that the service you get is priced into the products and I kind of can understand that this macbook air i've got i think was a thousand pounds alice's chromebook was 260 pounds that's quite a gap and my expectations in theory should obviously be adjusted accordingly but well they're not to be quite frank um but and and, and it's almost become a price that i'm happy to pay Obviously, support isn't everything, but on the rare occasions when I have had issues with Apple products, I've always come away from the experience liking Apple more um, than before the fault happened. So that probably is what every company should aim for. And it's a similar thing with Amazon. My Garmin Epics, uh, one of the lugs the uh, kind of snapped. I was quite annoyed by that. I um, I set up a live chat. It took about five minutes. And within that short space of time, I'd had confirmation that a replacement Garmin Epics would arrive the next day and that I had 30 days to return the broken one. And it all happened exactly as you would expect. It's, it, it was literally, I, I never missed a beat. And I... The fact I had to do so little um, and had to be without a device for a minimal amount of time it is what you would want, really, from any company. And that's something that Amazon are particularly good at. Now, I'm sure they're good at that, not necessarily for um, good reasons. Uh, we've heard the stories of products just being binned when they're returned uh, and, and the way certain members of their staff are, are treated. Um, despite reading those stories, I still use Amazon and I've come to expect the kind of service when something goes wrong that you just don't get elsewhere. And I, I do wonder if it's time for other companies not to just offer acceptable customer service but to to use a, a cliche go the extra mile and 
make their customers feel, uh, I, I don't know what the word is, more loyal, more loyal to their brand. Because a product in itself, whether it's a Chromebook, a Mac, an iPhone or whatever, they don't tend to breed loyalty on their own. You, you need something else. You need something tangible, maybe something more personal. And it strikes me that the systems Amazon has set up to bend over backwards for the customer and, and the way Apple interacts with their customers, that's where the loyalty factor comes in. And so the next time I go to uh, buy a product, it's much more likely I would buy it from Apple because I know I have that insurance in the back of my head that if something goes wrong, it's going to be fixed quickly and I'm not going to be without what are important products in our lives uh, for too long. And on the subject of products, I was discussing with someone the other day about when the next big thing is coming along. Because it feels to me that it's been a very long time. I think back to when I was using PDAs and the early smartphones such as the Palm Trios. And the iPhone came along and, as we know, changed everything. And, and today everyone, is, almost everyone, owns a smartphone phone in the western world and then this was followed up by uh, the ipad we've since had smart watches and fitness trackers we've had uh, music move to invisibility uh, by mostly being online and the same for films and tv most people don't tend to, I am talking about my little bubble here and the Western world, a lot of people don't tend to buy things on disc anymore. So, and we watch them all, you know, on our HD TVs. So we've had quite a lot of progress. Uh, and in between that, we've had gradual improvements, obviously, to all of the aforementioned products. They get better every year. We now have wireless headphones. Everything works together. And it feels relatively complete. But it dawned on me that we're not really seeing anything new. And we haven't, ha we haven't for some time. And by new, I mean a new product category. It's often the case that when a new product category comes along... The next few years are spent honing it and making it usable and affordable for everyone. And that's what we're seeing at the moment with uh, EVs, electric vehicles. They have a long way to go, uh, but they will get there because politically, at least, they're seen as one of the ways forward in regard to climate change. And aside from that, I'm genuinely struggling. Uh, I'm not an inventor. I, I, I wouldn't know what should come next. But when was the last time you saw a new product category that blew your mind and caught on 
and that needs to go through that ironically exciting stage of getting better. I remember the early um, PDAs and the early smartphones and indeed smartwatches. They all had areas that obviously needed improvement. That could be connection speed, cameras, uh, battery life. The, the, the parts that come together to make a product great, they need time to be worked upon and to get us to a stage where we can start complaining that each new release is only iterative. And that's great. You know, that's where that's where we seem to be with every product. We're either in the iterative, that's an awful word, iterative stage with things like smartphones, which are now verging on the desperately trying to find a new twist on them to sell more. Um, we're still in the iterative stage on smartwatches. Some, some are almost nailing everything, I'd argue the Garmin Epics. Others like the Apple Watch arguably nailing everything but the battery is always there that that shockingly bad battery life and and the same with laptops and computers we they have reached a stage where we just pick them up and we don't really think about them but it seems to me we just aren't moving at all with regard to a whole new industry a whole a whole new product that could change everything it may be that there isn't anything else we need. Um, you know, we're human beings, we're relatively simple, and there's only so much we can, I suppose, cope with in terms of technology. And, and I think many of us have felt that perhaps during the last two years, is, is that you start to think what's important, and then you really do concentrate on the fact that Actually, there's a lot of technology that is taken over our lives and is maybe unnecessary. So if anyone can think of um, a new product that's come along that I've completely missed, please let me know. Because in my head, I don't think I've seen one for four or five years now. Uh, and it all seems to be online, whether it's social networks uh and the like. I, I'm struggling to think of new hardware products that have started to become ubiquitous and which are going through that phase of needing massive improvement. There just doesn't seem to be any and it could well be that that's actually quite a good thing. And the final thing I wanted to talk about is um, a bit of a strange one really but I think over the last couple of years it's dawned on me that I've been extremely lucky and that my life has been relatively pain-free obviously you have the usual times of grief and you have you know what you perceive to be bad times but the reality is that my life has been I guess quite happy and that's changed a bit over the last two years and although I'm going through the standard 
thing that I think most people have gone through with regard to COVID and the lockdowns and just the way life has changed. There are also other aspects which I won't go into that have changed. And when I look at what's happening in Ukraine and what's actually happening in the UK as well with regard to the people we have in charge and their utter disdain for their own uh, electorate, it starts... And, and, and perhaps more importantly, looking back through history, it does make me wonder, is life meant to be hard? If we go back to almost, as each generation, the further you go back, arguably in terms of just living and getting through the day, whether it's keeping warm or eating, it gets harder the further you go back, the more pain you will suffer. Um, the more cold you will suffer. And obviously you would have a shorter lifespan. And it started to make me wonder if, we, if we've reached a sort of point over the last few decades where in the West, and again, back to my bubble, we're too happy. And that, that almost makes us so so far away from what we used to be that it's actually a non-natural state think about it logically if you're sat at home if you're very into tech if you're into watches or science fiction whatever that's not normal that how can that possibly be a normal state and a worthwhile way to be but we all are we all have our interests we all worry about things that really in the grand scheme of things shouldn't be worried about and i think maybe ukraine has highlighted that you've literally got people who had lives similar to ours one day and the next day they're running for their lives and you know actually running for their lives for fear of being tortured and, and we've seen that where so many people in the UK have offered their homes to Ukrainian refugees. The fact that our government seems to be doing everything possible to stop them actually coming over is by the by. But it's certainly resonated with people and I think it's resonated actually because people see them as like us. They didn't see uh, the Afghans or the Syrians as like us so... Uh, they tend to get a much harder time of it, which is quite sad. But it certainly makes me think that our lives are maybe far too easy and that we've reached a point where, besides maybe having children and creating another generation, what else are we doing? What, what actually are we doing? We're pontificating over nonsense all of the time that that just isn't that important and, and I could you know go into my no I won't go into it but the, the thought I have so often of why are we here what are we supposed to do it's it's rarely worth thinking about because it's such a big subject and it's um I always come away thinking 
I don't know why I'm here. I, I don't know what what my worth is. You know, it's you can make yourself feel very completely pointless in a matter of minutes. And so I think about um, if indeed we are too happy and if our lives today don't have enough struggle in them and if they haven't got, if we haven't got that struggle, that's when we tip over and we start to become slightly more pointless and we start to do things that are purely for our own entertainment and relaxation. There's nothing wrong with entertainment and relaxation. But it feels to me that as each generation passes, we seem to be looking for that more and more, possibly at the expense of actually doing something useful and helping other people. I don't know. It's a big subject. And it's um, it's just something I've been pondering that that life has felt far too easy for me for too long probably because it's feeling quite hard at the moment um, for various reasons and it, it's something that's it, it's twisting my mind just a little bit as I try and come to terms with the fact that maybe I never appreciated uh, the happy times and now the happy times aren't here I'm starting to find justification for them, perhaps. I don't know. It's a huge topic. If anyone wants to discuss it with me on a future episode, just get in touch via the website and uh, we'll have a bash at covering it. Anyway, thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>